Microsoft's developer conference is this week, and they're talking what's next for Windows. But before we dive in, today's podcast is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. You can find that podcast on all major podcast platforms. And it is a happy Tuesday, friends. It is not a happy Friday, friends, because Microsoft is hosting their build conference this week and they've dropped just a significant amount of news that we're going to dive through. And I'm also going to be occupied on Friday, so it's easier to digest the news as it comes along. And because Microsoft CEO really started to talk about, for the first time, what is coming next for Windows in the... And I'm quoting him. He is saying it is significant. But before we get to that delicious news, let's just dive in. So Microsoft has announced a new ARM development kit. It's made by Qualcomm and is going to be powered by a 7C chipset. It'll be available this summer. Unfortunately, we don't know things like pricing and ports. But the idea here is that this chipset will support the WIM, the Windows on ARM 64-bit flavor. So for developers who need to bring their applications over and support that functionality, this will be the cheapest way to get that type of a product in your hands so that you can begin testing those applications. And so I also suspect that there's going to be quite a bit of enthusiasts who are going to be wanting to get their hands on this just to be able to play with it and see what the, uh, the what the ARM side of life is all about if you're not willing to drop for a Surface Pro X or Pro X2 uh, of that. On the team side, one of my favorite things that's coming from Microsoft, which we don't hear a lot about, but we're starting to get more and more, is this fluid framework. Now, this is what, in my opinion, like the next generation of Office because it, it takes like breaks apart standalone applications and allows you to embed individual components from inside that app in other apps. Here's what I mean. So what you can do with the Fluid Framework is take a table from Excel, drop it into a Teams chat. If you edit that table in the Teams chat, it will also edit the table in the Excel document. So it's you're embedding a component of the app inside of Teams. Now this is entering private preview and there's a couple different things. There's tables, there's lists, there's to-do functionality uh, that will be coming, but that is in private preview. Look for Microsoft to roll out more of this later this year, but Fluid Framework is, if you're looking for a roadmap of where Office is headed, it's headed towards the Fluid Framework, which is open source, I believe, by the way, but it, it's the technology is open source, but obviously you're gonna need a license to use all those applications and everything else. But what it allows you to do is to build like components of each of your maybe favorite productivity apps and put them all on a single canvas and interactive and collaborate with them in a modern style future. Uh, there's also a new development portal for Microsoft Teams that is now available. The conference happening this week is build if I didn't state that correctly or, or enunciate it uh, efficiently, which is all developer focused, which is really the backbone of what Microsoft is trying to build out. Um, there's also a new subscription purchase experience within the Teams app store and admin center. So what this will allow you to do, and you gotta be careful here with your permissions, is you will allow, once this goes online, users will be able to go to the Teams app store and buy product and licensing. Now, there's a couple of things you're gonna need to do. More than likely, most people are gonna wanna lock this down because most companies don't want users just buying software through the app store without one, considering like uh, compliance requirements Two, just the expense approval flow uh, needs to be controlled as well. So look for those features and functionality to come later this year. This is, I believe, part of Microsoft's bigger ecosystem push of becoming a true just provider of third party subscriptions and services across the entire gamut. Maybe not just on teams. Look for something like that potentially uh, later this year. Uh, other big announcements. Microsoft is the exclusive licensee of OpenAI's Open GPT-3, which is their natural language modeling uh, platform or, or whatever data set, whatever you want to call it. Microsoft is the exclusive licensee, I believe, for commercial applications, still scientific and other uses don't need a license. But Microsoft has announced their first product that will include GPT-3. 
and that is the power platform or power apps. The, the TLDR here is that you could say things like, hey, um, show me the top 10 selling items last month that also were contain the color blue, something like that. And then GPT-3 can convert that into a string or a proper query that can then be applied to your database to you know, pull back the information. The whole goal here is to make it easier for non-developer types to be able to extract data using Power Apps in this natural language processing. So you scream at the Sky, the sky computer with a, a, a syntax, uh, and then it can understand that, interpolate it, apply it, and then re return the data, all without needing a developer. Microsoft's big goal with its low-code, no-code platform which is their power platform, is to allow non-developers to execute developer-like activities, and this is a another extension of that. Uh, Microsoft has also announced that Edge 91 is rolling out. Now, this has a couple just in performance improvements, uh, Startup Boost, which can reduce uh, load time when launching the application anywhere from 29 to 41%, depending on your scenario. Basically, you click the icon, it's going to launch faster. Um, also, Sleeping Tabs is going to help with battery and also on low power devices, not suck down the juice, and the tabs will go to take a little nanites after you do not use them or poke them long enough. Uh, Linux GUI apps, GUI apps are now available for use with Windows subsystem for Linux 2 on Windows 10, meaning you can run just about any kind of Linux application now, uh, quote unquote, natively inside of Windows 10, which is a pretty big deal for, for those of you who have Linux apps that you prefer to run on the desktop. I, there, candidly, there aren't too many GUI apps that really ring the bell, but there's definitely a lot of command line tools that people like to use. Uh, Microsoft, somewhat hilariously, a couple weeks ago said, hey, we're done with blockchain. Blockchain is done. Well, now I build, they're back with the blockchain. They're back with the blockchain. Called Azure Confidential Ledger is a new service, an ACL uh, at, for short, uh, is an instance of ACL runs on a dedicated and fully attested hardware back enclave uh, with target markets basically being audit, logging, and tracking highly sensitive admin activity. So it's a flavor of blockchain still running, but really like in a dedicated niche market that Microsoft is trying to build out, uh, especially on that audit side where you need really, really granular control and, and transaction level detail uh, for proper audits. Microsoft has also announced the Green Software Foundation. Now, this is a pretty neat uh, objective here or grouping. It so it includes Microsoft, Accenture, and Goldman Sachs, and they're also teaming up with like the Linux Foundation and some climate groups. The idea here is to be able to build software that produces fewer carbon emissions. So just thinking more green software, not something we typically think about. We typically think about green processing, um, but this is green software. And so it'll help, I'm, I'm assuming, reducing compute because compute uses electricity, electricity produces carbon, depending on where you're buying it from uh, and all that. But the big news, the biggest news of this, during the keynote, Satya Nadella confirmed that Microsoft is working on a significant update to Windows. Now, I want to read the full statement here because there's a couple nuances we need to pull out. He And this is from Satya. It says, And soon we will share one of the most significant updates to Windows of the past decade to unlock greater economic opportunity for developers and creators. I've been self-hosting it over the past several months, and I'm incredibly excited about the next generation of Windows. Our promise to you is this. We will create more opportunity for every Windows developer today and have welcomed every creator who is looking forward to the most innovative, new, open platform to build and distribute and monetize applications. We look forward to sharing more very soon. That very soon, I am I believe, is going to be June. Now, there is a ton packed into that statement, a ton. First off, he calls it Windows. He doesn't call it Windows 10. I'm wondering if, if remember when they were going to call launch Windows 10X? They weren't going to call it Windows. They were trying to find something else. 
I don't think they're going to call Windows with the Sun Valley, which is the code name for the update coming this fall. I don't think they're not going to call it Windows, but I don't know if they're going to call it Windows 10, uh, which is going to be really awkward because at one point they said, hey, this is the last version of Windows ever, and that's not turning out to be true. Uh, they might call this Windows 11. I'm not entirely sure yet. Marketing decisions can come light, late, fast, and heavy. Uh, they could still call it Windows 10, but the way he talks about it and just you know musings that I've heard throughout the industry... I'm not sure if it's going to be called Windows 10. Here's a perfect example. Imagine you are an OEM and you have a brand new laptop and you want to put on the side, it has the new Windows that Satya is talking about here. If you put Windows 10, every consumer is going to look at that box and be like, I've already got Windows 10. Why is this new? If you put Windows 11, well, I have Windows 10. Windows 11's got to be better. See what I mean? Like it's got, and if you, if you move backwards from that and say, well, why don't they just call it window? Well, it just says new windows. It doesn't, for the common consumer, it doesn't sell what has changed. It doesn't sell that there's something new. It doesn't sell that, hey, if I'm holding a Windows 10 laptop, well, that one's better than mine because it's running Windows nothing or Windows 10. No, but if it's running Windows 11, you know, smooth brain me is like, hey, that's got to be better because it's one number higher. And so if Microsoft is really going all in, which they are because they're calling it significant, they may not call this Windows 10. I think there's a very plausible argument to be made that they could go that route. Also, incredibly uh, detailed here. Besides the fact that it's significant, we already know that there's going to be pretty big UI changes. In fact, I believe they accidentally or maybe intentionally showed off the UI. I'm going to throw it here. If you're listening to the audio version of this, you'll probably want to check out the video version. But check out this window uh, or check out this screenshot here that I took from the keynote right when Sachi was talking. Now, you might be saying, Brad, that's just a window from Windows 10. But look closer. First off, this is the Edge browser. While it looks mostly like Edge, look at the corners. The corners are rounded. We've known that Windows Sun Valley is going to introduce rounded corners across the UI. Look at the corners here. This is Edge rounded corners. Now, you might be saying, but Brad, that could be Mac. Well, it would be crazy the CEO of Microsoft will be running a Mac. But you can also look at the background. Look at the wallpaper. That is from a Surface device. Not to mention Satya. Well, I don't think Satya has taken his own screenshots here. Um, I'm pretty convinced that this might be a Sun Valley screenshot. Also look at what is uh, like the minimize, maximize, close buttons. They look a little bit more modern-y, if you will. Nothing crazy here. Not showing off a ton of stuff. But those rounded corners definitely scream that this is Sun Valley. So keep that in mind. He also talks about economic opportunity for all developers to make the best place on Windows to be open. I believe that is going to be tying into the policy updates for the Windows Store, meaning that developers can now roll their own CDNs, put their own applications in. It doesn't have to be a modern app, if you will. They can sell applications directly through the store. So it seems that in his one phrase of a state, state, statement during his keynote, if I could enunciate, he was really showing off and talking about a lot of the things that we have heard so far and confirming them to be accurate. So look for Sun Valley, this big update here coming in um, in June. Now, the big question that I still don't quite know is we've heard, I've been hearing about things like Amazon having a store, like Google having a store. Remember remember the Google Android apps on Windows 10? That, that hasn't gone away. Now, I don't know if that's coming in Sun Valley 1, Sun Valley 2. Um, yeah, that's right, Sun Valley 2. Um, I, I'm still, we're still poking around trying to figure out when those are going to arrive, but they, that project, to my understanding, at least so far, I don't think it's dead. I don't think it's dead. So uh, just keep your eyes and ears open for that. There's a lot of information just packed in there uh, really quickly because otherwise Windows News at Build was like completely flat. It was really, really flat. But I think Microsoft knew they were going to put this in, obviously, if the CEO saying it. They know it's coming in June, and so this sort of tied people over that, hey, they're not forgetting about it, and so there you go. Now, 
There are some questions this week. Now, I didn't actually do a question and thread week, but before we jump into that, today's podcast, as I said, is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. Now, you may not have heard Kevin Scott, although he has been on stage at Build, so you may have uh, have heard of him now, Uh, but he is the Chief Technology Officer at Microsoft, and he has a podcast called Behind the Tech, and you can find it on all major podcast platforms, but what he does is that he goes behind the scenes with today's most innovative tech leaders. He has an impressive back catalog, and you should go check that out, Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott on all major podcast platforms. Now, let me jump into the questions here because I missed some last week. Last week I recorded the podcast really early and so I needed to catch up on those and I didn't want to miss them. And so Mr. PKI says, Internet Explorer is being killed off and Chromium Edge is now the Microsoft browser solution. Is Credge taking away any share from Google Chrome at all? Is it only being used by the people that, that do not like or fear Google for privacy reasons? So it is my understanding that Edge is actually eating away market share. Now, it, I don't it, think believe that it is a significant portion yet, but put it in relation to people actually like using the new edge, unlike the old edge. Now, I know there's some people who really prefer the or like the old edge. I digress. The new edge is by far superior in just about every single way, and it is slowly, slowly, but it's doing better in performance initially, at least at this point in its life cycle, than the, than the old new edge, if, uh, if that makes sense. So uh, R4H1MH says, when do you anticipate Windows on ARM having full x84 emulation up and running? It's still very patchy. So Microsoft is very aggressively just this week announcing their push towards that with the new Snapdragon uh, 7C device. I would expect later this year, I hope, I hope that it's going to be robust. Right now, I fully agree that it is not great and it's still hard to fully recommend an a Windows on ARM device unless you know what you're getting into. It, they're not bad devices. They're just, they're not great. And the problem is, is for the same price point, you can go grab an Intel device or an AMD device and get really good performance. So, uh, and then Tex, TXAG says, my name is Bob, since my hand handle is uh, unpronounceable. The 10X cancellation got me thinking about OS architecture. When it the optimal way to build an OS is to keep it minimal, just the layer between the apps and the hardware, and, and then everything else is up to do up to is up to you as an app and can be managed and updated separately from the OS as an update. So, okay, I, I fumbled here a little bit uh, reading through that, but the idea here is to compartmentalize a lot of the applications and break them out from Windows. Partially, that is what Microsoft doing is doing. Look, they've put Note, Notepad, not a great example, in the store. They've put Paint in the store. They've decoupled Cortana, and they've also pulled a lot of other things out, namely the browser, I think is probably the biggest one. Now, it would be pretty hard to integrate uh, Credge all the way into Windows 10 at this point in the life cycle. Um, but that's effectively what they're doing. I don't think your 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 idea or thought process here is crazy. Um, it, apps are going to be the driver of the new, not the new future, but apps are the, the foundation of Windows. And Microsoft over the years has done things to compartmentalize them. There's also uh, this sandboxing technology that Microsoft has, although we don't see it all that often. I, I got to follow up on, on where they are with all that. Um, not Don't forget, you can also stream apps too. But um, some big shifts in the world of Windows as of late. So there's just a couple questions that have been floating around that I wanted to address because, as I said, questions are always my favorite part of the week. And so um, this has been an early podcast throughout the week. I'm sure more potential news may come out and uh, I'm going to be floating about and we'll cover it as appropriate. But for now, I've got a lot of eyes on Windows Windows V next. I almost called it Windows 11. It's not conv- I'm, I'm not 
not convinced it's not going to be called Windows 11 yet. There might, I, I don't quite know what Microsoft is going to do, which is what keeps it exciting. We just know that there's a big update on the way. The CEO is calling it significant, which means that he has a lot of faith in where this is headed. I'll be really curious to see how Microsoft does with UI consistency. That has been one of the, the low-hanging fruits with Fluent, which was their last sort of visual enhancement across kind of the, the company. But at the same time, it never really, I mean, Azure just updated their logo like last month uh, to make it more Fluent or something like that. So uh, there you go, guys. That wraps it up for this Tuesday podcast. Very much appreciate you hanging out. You can find more about, oh, behind the tech with Kevin Scott if I could get that up there and we'll catch all of you right back next right back here next time because the only BS on this podcast is me <laughs>